How are you guys doing tonight? Feeling good? Feeling good? If you're feeling good, let me hear an amen. amen. If you're feeling good, let me hear a hallelujah. hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. You guys are feeling good. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, so the India team, we leave tomorrow morning. So we will be sleeping in this room and in the other room. So try and keep it clean, you know, try and keep it clean for us. Thank you. All right. So uh, tonight, this is a word that the Lord placed on my heart um, about a month ago. And uh, I was really asking him, I was like, Lord, is this something you really want me to speak out? You know, everything. Is this really for our church right now in this hour? And uh, he was like, you know what? Just just be quiet. Shut up and preach it. I was like, all right. Okay. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. So, um, <coughs> mm. so yeah, we're going to go for it tonight. We're going to go for it. And, and uh, I know that each one of us is going to leave this place blessed tonight. So before I get into it, uh, let's all bow our heads and I'll pray. Father, Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you are our Father. That when we pray to you, we don't have to pray to some distant God or some distant deity. But Lord, you are our Father. We thank you for that, Lord. And Father, we ask that you would manifest your love in this place tonight. Father God, we ask that you would manifest, Lord, your goodness in this place tonight, O God. And Father God, I pray right now, Lord, that in this place, the spirit of wisdom and revelation unto the knowledge of you would be released in this place. That eyes of hearts would be enlightened to see you clearly, Lord. Father God, I pray right now, Lord, that Father, that faith would rise up in this place tonight, Lord God. Father God, that as the word goes out, Lord God, it would not come back void, Lord. But that, Father God, it would bring back a harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold, Lord God, unto your greater glory, Lord. Because, Father, we seek to glorify you, O God. We seek to live a life, Father God, that lifts your name on high, Lord. And so, Father God, I pray, Lord God, that tonight, Lord God, even as I preach, Lord, May you touch my mouth with your holy coal, Lord. May you breathe upon every word that I speak, Lord. It is not me, Lord. I am simply an earthen vessel, Lord. But it is you, God, who is able to do immeasurably more than what I ask or imagine, Lord, according to your spirit, Lord, according to that power. So, Father, I ask, Lord, that that power would be at work tonight. Father, I pray that that power would be at work in each one of us, Lord. Fill us up, Lord God, with deeper revelation, Lord. Fill us up with courage and strength tonight that we would go on, Lord God, to really bring the kingdom into each and every place that you have sent us. We thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so tonight, tonight I'm going to preach to you about faith and fear. Okay, so this is the year of epic faith, right? Who's excited for this year of epic faith? <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. So if if this is going to be the year of epic faith, that means we got to overcome some epic fears, some epic anxiety, some things, some epic, I like the word epic, so I'm just trying to use it as much as possible, epic mountains. There's a lot of things that we have to overcome. It takes epic faith to overcome those things. And so tonight I want to talk to you about Faith versus fear. If you're ready to hear about faith versus fear, let me turn to your neighbor right now and say, I want some more faith. 
Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just say it like the apostles did say, increase my faith. I want the Lord to increase my faith tonight. <clears throat> give me give me one give me one second. It's the last three letters of the alphabet. Don't worry about it. Okay, never mind. Don't worry. You, you guys didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, thank you. All right, so faith and fear. All right, you guys are finally getting it now. All right, there's a couple of you now that are kind of like, X, Y, Z. Oh, X, Y, Z. Okay, all right. All right, so anyways, let's get into the message. <laughs> Alright, so tonight I want to talk to you about faith and fear. So I'm going to isolate a couple things about faith and a couple things about fear. And then we're going to go into the Word and then we're going to talk about this guy named David. I think you've heard of him, right? And we're going to talk about how faith empowered David to go and do some amazing things. Alright, so faith, in the Word it says that faith comes from hearing the word of God, right? We all know that, right? Faith comes from hearing the word of God. And so if faith comes from hearing the word of God, where does fear come from? Fear also comes from hearing. Where faith comes from hearing the word of God, faith, well, faith comes from hearing the word of God, fear comes from hearing the enemy. Hearing the lies of the enemy, of this world, even sometimes of our flesh, of ourselves that we project out and that we listen to. And so the Lord kind of gave, gave me this revelation that the distance between faith and fear is the distance from one ear to the other. That a lot of times we have these, these two different things that are coming at us. That we have the words of God and we have the word of the enemy. The word of God brings about faith. The word of the enemy brings about fear. And see, the thing is, is we have these two things coming at us, but we're not like God, right? Like all of us can pray to God right now, and God hears each one of our prayers. God is like the ultimate multitasker, right? But we're not like that. Like if I have a conversation with John Michael right now, and Roy walks up to me and starts talking to me, I have a choice that I have to make. The words of John Michael are coming at me, and the words of Roy are coming at me. And at that very moment, I have to make a choice. Who am I going to listen to? If I try to listen to them both, one conversation is always going to falter, right? If I try to listen to John Michael and try to listen to Roy, eventually I'm going to have to focus on one and reject the other. And see, the thing is, when it... It's an illustration. It's an illustration. Roy Strong. That's why I said Roy. Roy Strong. And see, the problem is we don't have the capacity to hear multiple conversations. Our minds only have the capacity to hear one conversation at a time. So we only have a tendency to put our, our focus fully on one person, one action, one conversation. And it's that way with faith and fear. The words of God are coming at us and the words of the enemy are coming at us. And the question is, when it comes to fear and faith, who are we conversing with? Who are you talking to? Are we listening to God or are we listening to the enemy? 
So I'm going to go through a couple, dis- a couple differences between faith and fear. And I want you to, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about the things that you listen to and whether that brings about faith or whether it brings about fear. Alright, so check it out. Faith comes from hearing the word of God, right? And fear comes from hearing the word of the enemy, of Satan, of the world. Faith comes from expectation, assurance, and hope. In Hebrews 11.1 1, it says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen, right? Faith comes from expectation, assurance, and hope, where fear comes from pessimism, uncertainty, and despair. Faith comes from a revelation of our truest identity in God and the reality of our inheritance. When you know who you are in God, when you have a revelation of your true identity, that releases faith. But fear, on the other hand, comes from a false identity. Fear comes from this belief that we're orphaned or even the perceived reality of one's lack or poverty. Right? When God spoke to Adam and Eve and He said, Be fruitful and multiply. When He gave them dominion, right? He had spoke directly to Adam's identity. He gave him a name and then He gave him dominion to name all the creatures of the earth. But when the, when the thief came in, when the serpent came in, He began to challenge that identity. That identity that Adam could be fruitful and multiply, that Eve could be fruitful and multiply. The enemy began, began to challenge that. He said, well, God really hasn't blessed you to, to eat of every tree in the garden, has he? You're, a, you're lacking. And therefore, fear comes in. That's how fear creeps in. It comes from the perception or the illusion of one's lack or poverty. Fear, it grows and is predicated on the possibility of rejection, punishment, and hurt. Notice I said the possibility of rejection. A lot of us have been hurt in the past, right? Where people have hurt us, things have been done against us. And we can point to that a lot of times and we say, well, because that has happened to me, that's why I fear this now. Right? It's like in America, if you watch like, it's like I had this friend in America back home who had been mugged and just so happened to be mugged by a black guy, right? And because she was, she had been mugged. Now, whenever she walked down the street, because there was, some, if there was someone walking behind her, who just happened to be black, she always clutched her purse. She always got really scared. It wasn't even that. It wasn't even. It was the possibility of something happening to her that brought about fear. See, what happens is when things happen to you in the past, whether you're abused or rejected or what happens, the enemy then takes that and then he tries to bring about greater fear for it to happen again. But see, faith, on the other hand, is belief in the assurance, right? The assurance of things hoped for, the assurance of acceptance, grace, and love. See, fear is predicated on the possibility of of bad things happening, where faith is predicated on the things you know are to happen. The assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things unseen. See, <coughs> a lot of us, 
even in our workplaces, we move in ways of, of punishment and fear. We walk in punishment and we walk in a fear of punishment, right? We walk in fear and we may do things. We may, we may be the best people at our job, but because we move in fear, we may get the job done, but we won't be motivated to succeed. But when you move in faith, it motivates you to go beyond what you could do on your own. It's something called a spirit of excellence. When you know who you are in God and you have faith that God is who he says he is and that God's word is true and that you are who God says you are. Therefore, when you are out there and you are moving in the ways and the areas that God has called you to do, you go beyond, you go above and beyond the task at hand because you're moving in faith and not fear. When you're moving in fear, see what fear likes to do is fear likes to cause you to, it's like paralysis, right? It causes you to stand still. But faith causes you to go. Fear will always cause you to fall into paralysis. But faith will cause you to go and to go above and beyond what is before you. It's the distance between fear and faith when these two things are coming at you that you have to make a choice. Do you follow after, do you follow after truth? Do you push up, do you push forward in faith or do you believe the lies of the enemy that bring you to fear? Bill Johnson said it like this in one of his books. He said, "That which I know will help, but that which I think I know will hurt." He said, that which I know will help, that which I think I know will hurt. And what he's saying is that the things that you perceive, the things that aren't real, the lies are the things that will hurt. But the things that you know when you stand in truth, those are the things that will set you free. Those are the things that will push you on to greater, greater things. You can only move in things that are true. It's the truth coming out of the mouth of the Father and out of the Son, right? That they shall know the truth and the truth shall set them free. It's the truth that if situations change, that the Father's word will not. That if your circumstances change, you know for sure that He is working all things around for your good, right? About a month ago, I was going through like, well, not even just a month ago, but about for about a two-month period, it's going through like this really, really tough season, like the culmination of my wilderness season, I felt like. And everything was like really, really just like, oh, tough. And I'm sitting in Starbucks on, on a Sabbath day, and I was just chilling, just reading, you know, drinking some caramel macchiato, you know, like my caramel. And uh, I'm just sitting there with my caramel, just reading, you know. And then all of a sudden... I feel the Holy Spirit just hit me with this bomb. And he's like, you know what? You've been going through a tough time. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right, Holy Spirit. You do know all things. He's like, but check it out. You cannot let your current circumstances determine your convictions. That you have to stand in the truth. And it'll be that truth. It'll be that faith in the truth that'll push you forward. It's that truth that God works all things around for your good. It's that truth 
that God is not mad at you. He's not angry at you, but he's abounding in steadfast love and mercy. A lot of times what fear tries to do is fear is predicated on our circumstances. And it tries to make our circumstances determine our convictions. But what you have to do is you have to stand at a place where you refuse to allow your circumstances to determine your convictions. That your circumstances do not determine the truth. And that's what faith says. But fear says the opposite. Fear says that things are not in my favor. Fear says that I'm not positioned for success, but for failure. Fear says that God won't give me the desires of my heart, but he is only seeking to punish me for my sin. Fear says that I have no favor, I have nothing to offer the world, and that I'm coming from a place of lack and poverty. Think about it. You've heard these lies. Many of us, we get up in the morning, we look in the mirror, and that's what we hear. That's what we see when we look at ourselves. We hear these lies from fear, and we choose to listen to it. But these are all lies from the pit of hell, brothers and sisters, coming from the mouth of the enemy. You're not alone. God says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You do have favor. Psalm 512 says he surrounds the righteous with favor like a shield. He says that his goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. His word says that you shall surely see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It says that no good thing will he withhold from you. The Lord is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing will he withhold from he whose walk is blameless. This is the truth. He works all things around for your good. He will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37 says, He will give you the desires of your heart. It says that as you delight in Him, and it says as you commit your way to the Lord, the next part it says, it says, He will do this. As you commit your way to the Lord in faith, He will make your righteousness shine. He will do this as you walk in faith. As you commit your way to the Lord. It goes on to say in Psalm 37 that the steps of a man are established by the Lord. That though he fall, and a lot of times we fall, you will not be cast headlong. You will not be destroyed because the Lord upholds his hand. A lot of our fears is that of failure. That we will fall and we will be destroyed. That everyone will see how, how weak we are, how ill-equipped we are, how we, cannot, how we cannot do the things that have been set before us. But God says, though you may fall, you will not be destroyed because I hold you up. And how many of you guys know that if the Lord is holding you, you haven't fallen far? You're not impoverished fear says that you have lack that you are destined to be poor that your financial situation is always meant to be one of lack but instead you are blessed with abundance his word says he will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory in christ jesus it says that jesus came to give you life and life to the full not part to the full 
His word says that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And check this out. If God has given us every spiritual blessing, and when Jesus came on earth, he said that you would know that you would know the will of his father has come upon heaven. Uh, the will of his father in heaven has come upon earth as well. When he healed the man and the Pharisees were like, how can he have authority to do this? And he said, he said, just so you know that I have authority to do the will of my father, both in heaven and on earth. And he healed the man. It's the same way with us. We're called to bring his kingdom in, right? And if he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, if he's blessed us with that abundance, how much more then can we just bring that down to earth? Pray over that. I hope you get that later. And his promise is also that you will be fruitful. His promise is that you will be positioned for success and not failure. That God would never leave you. That he is always fighting your battles. When Jeremiah went out. He said Jeremiah do not say that I am only a youth. Jeremiah wanted to dwell upon his youth. Dwell upon his lack. But God said to Jeremiah do not say I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you. You shall go. And whatever I command you to speak. You will say. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. The Lord says the same thing to you and I as we go out. To the India team as we go out. He says, do not be afraid of them. Do not say that we are young, that we are ill-equipped. For to all to whom he sends us, we will go. And whatever he puts in our mouth to speak, we will say. He is watching over his word to make sure that it accomplishes what it is sent to do. That we would not be dismayed by them because he has made each one of us a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls to stand and proclaim the name of the Lord. To proclaim the word of the Lord over a lost people. The same call that he put upon Jeremiah, he puts upon us. And he has blessed us to do that, to walk in faith and bring that about. I want us to open up our Bibles right now to... To First Chronicles, we—I I told you we'd open up our Bibles, I, or maybe I didn't tell you—but let's all open up our Bibles to First Chronicles, chapter fourteen. And I want you to—I want us to chew on something real quick about about this man of God named David, and the way David walked in faith and not. thought I cut out the way you fix stuff and smack it. So we all know the story of David, right? David's this bold man of faith that when he went out and his brothers were ridiculing him, David kept going and he goes and slays Goliath, right? Well, in chapter 14 of First Chronicles, this is after David has been, David has came to be king. And I, I want you to read along with me. We're going to read verse 1 and 2. And then we're going to skip down to verse 8. Unless you guys want to read about David's wives and children. You can read about that later. Alright, so is everyone there? If you're there, let me hear an amen. Alright, cool. And Hiram king of, of, the, of Tyre sent messengers to David. And cedar trees, also masons and carpenters to build a house for him. Verse 2, this is key. 
And David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that his kingdom was highly exalted for the sake of his people Israel. All right, let's stop right there for a second. So David, David was a man who, who lived in faith. And see, what it says right here is that David knew that he was established as king. David had faith that he was who God said he was. That he was king over Israel and that he was king over the over Israel and that his kingdom was highly exalted. You and I are, need to have faith that we are established as well. We are seated in heavenly places. We are royalty in God. And see, like David, David had a revelation that he was king over Israel. It wasn't that he just had the position. He had the revelation that God had chosen him for that place. And that took a lot of faith. We need to have faith in this hour to believe that we are who God says we are. And that his kingdom was highly exalted for the sake of his people Israel. See, you and I, God has, has lifted us up. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. He's blessed us with every inheritance through, through Christ. He's, got, he's given us the robe. He's given us the signet ring. And He has established us as royalty to bring His reign upon this earth. And if you look at David, David knew that. David had a revelation of who he was in God. His faith was at a place where he believed God when God said, David, you are king and this is your kingdom. Now verse 8. So this is after David's taken his wives, he's had his children. Verse 8. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went out against him. Now the Philistines had come and made a raid in the valley of Rephaim. i got to work on my Hebrew pronunciation. <laughs> but verse 8. Check this out. See, David knew that king right and David sitting at his place of faith as a place of as a king over Israel and then he hears when the Philippines hear that David has been anointed king the Philistines they go they go out for him they go out to search for David but see David was at such a place of faith that when David heard that they were searching for him David got up and went out searching for them See, that's what God's calling this church to. That we would have a revelation of who we are in Him. We would be at such a place of epic faith that we wouldn't run from Itaewon, we would run out to Itaewon. We won't run from the homeless, we'd run to the homeless. We'd, we wouldn't run from the places where the enemy is out gallivanting and we would go to those places. We wouldn't run from Hooker Hill, we'd run to it. Knowing that God has empowered us. He's given us the kingdom. But it takes faith to believe that. It takes faith to believe that. That we wouldn't stand in fear, but stand in faith. How many of you guys want to run into Itaewon? Want to run into India? Want to run into the nations and establish the kingdom? See, God is calling us not to run from our enemies, but to run to them. Not to run from our mountains and obstacles, but to run at them full speed ahead. 
See, and the result of that was that when David ran out in faith, it took a lot of faith to run out to his enemies. David didn't do it with fear. He didn't run out there like, oh, oh, I, I, I probably shouldn't do this. Why am I going out there? The more and more, the closer and closer I get, I'm just going to get whacked. No. He ran out knowing that the Lord had set him as king, had set his kingdom up as being exalted, and he had faith that as he ran out, God would meet him out there and bring about the victory. It says, it goes on to say in, if you flip on a couple pages to chapter 18, this is another area that the Lord has highlighted to me about David, is that David had so much faith that when David ran out, the Lord would always honor that faith. Hebrews 11.6 says that, that without faith it is impossible to please God. That anyone who would draw near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. As David ran out in faith, the Lord rewarded him continually. Chapter 18, on, in verse, in chapter 18, it talks about how more people, after David defeated the Philistines, more enemies continued to come against the kingdom. The Syrians came. The Moabites came. Just people came from all over. The Ammonites came. The Philistines came again. But it says in verse 6, And the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. David's enemies continued to go out searching for him. But as David ran out to them, he ran out in faith against his enemies. The Lord gave David victory wherever he went. It says, it goes on to say it again in verse 13. That the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. Why? Because David moved in faith. Samuel was preaching about, about a tree, right? The tree that is planted by streams of living water. A consequence of a life lived, lived in faith is prosperity and victory. When you live in faith, you will always come out on the other side in victory. Jeremiah 27, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a stream. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. He does not fear when the heat comes. His leaves do not wither. He continues to produce fruit. Whatever he does prospers when you live a life that is defined by faith and not fear whatever you do prospers but when you live a life that is defined by fear we're like double-minded men tossed to and fro right we should not assume that we would receive anything from the lord but when you live a life that is defined by faith it says in psalm 1 it says in psalm 112 that a man who lives by faith, it says, his heart is firm. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is steady, trusting in the Lord. It says, he is not afraid, and he will not be afraid until he looks at triumph on his adversaries. That when we walk in faith and not fear, what we find on the other side 
is victory. Victory, victory, and more victory. What I want us to do right now is I want us to pray. I want us to take this time. We're going to go into a time of prayer. Because I feel like the Lord, as Pastor Christian has given this word to our church, that this is the year of epic faith. It's time for us to to take a stand in faith and confront the fears and anxieties that we have. But prayer team, if you could get the lights. So what I want us to do right now is I just want if you've been struggling with fear and anxiety and that you've been finding that it's been really hard for you to trust the Lord in this season. I want you to come on up to the front. And staff and prayer team, I want you to come on up as well. John Michael. John, if you could. And if you've been struggling with fear and anxiety and you've been feeling that it's been difficult for you to trust in the Lord, to place your hope in the Lord, we want to pray for you. We're going to pray that that the Lord would give you a greater revelation of who you are in Him. Of His love for you. That, that you would live a life defined not by fear, but by faith. I know right now even some of us deep inside, we're feeling this wavering back and forth. But see, the difference between living a life of faith and fear is that you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice to choose in the goodness of the Lord. To choose to live a life by faith. So right now, John's just, John's just going to pray. pray. He's going to strum. And as he does that, we're just going to open it up for people to come up. If you're in need of a breakthrough that's been bringing so much anxiety and fear upon you, take a leap of faith and come on up. We want to pray for you. We want to pray that faith would rise up.